One of my children died at the age of five. One died at 30 months and another died at 17. One was 12 years old. I have no husband and no children. I also lost my two brothers after we became displaced. Yagana Mama Naya's story is one of incredible loss. Like millions of people in northeastern Nigeria, her life can easily be divided into two parts. Before the Boko Haram armed uprising of 2009 and after. But unlike a lot of people, for her, the war did not just take this loved one or that loved one. It took all she had. This is an episode of Vestiges of Violence, a weekly podcast about personal stories of violence victims. For Human Angle, I am Hamida. Yagana has had six children, but when we met her towards the end of March this year, none of them was alive. She lost three children before the Boko Haram war to malaria, a tropical disease that kills hundreds of thousands of people every year in Nigeria. She often did not have enough money to spend on hospital visits and drugs, so she relied on local herbs, but they didn't always work. In 2016, the armed violence had reached her hometown of Komshe in Borno State. The terror group had taken over the town and the Nigerian military was inching closer to recapture it. So, the people saw it as an opportunity to escape with their lives. At night, they ran towards Kulujia, a community in neighboring Cameroon. Shortly after, they got deported to Nigeria. Specifically, Banki, also in Borno State. At this time, Yagana was with three children but she would only leave Banki with one of them. We stayed in Banki for five months. We survived on begging. We had to beg the military to give us their leftovers. We ate and fed our children with this. We heard that they brought food to people in Bama, thinking that they would also bring to Banki, but they didn't come to Banki. Then the military advised us to go to Meduguri if we knew somebody there. In Banki, Two of them were sick and malnourished. They became ill and died. They said there was no blood. That time there was no IDP camp in Banki. There were just lodges for women. Her sixth and last child, two-year-old Falmata, died after they moved to Meidogori. She had a fever. We came to an MSF clinic here in Gwengi. They said she needed a blood donation. Somebody donated to us. They had not finished using the blood when she died. Aside her children, Yagana has also lost siblings to the crisis. Two brothers and one sister. One of them, Malam Masa Malembi, when we came to Banki and the military did screening, they took him out, took them behind the town and shot them. The other one, Abba Al-Hajibor, that day before we left Kumshi, the military was fighting Boko Haram. The Nigerian Air Force jets dropped bombs and hit our house. He later died at the hospital. Then her sister, Kawudi, 
passed away in Banki because of hunger and sickness. She currently takes care of three people. Her mother and two children who have become orphans since the death of Malam Masa and Abba Al-Hajim. Among the most painful losses Yagana has experienced is that of her husband, Wakil Abba, who went missing shortly after they fled Kumshi for Kulujia in Cameroon. In the new country, one of the refugees started running after a soldier shot into the air, and then the soldier directed his gun at him and killed him. The military picked four men, including my husband, to go and bury the dead. Before they finished the burial, the car taking us back to Nigeria came. They put us in it and transferred us. One of those four men was Wakil. When people came behind us, I asked them for my husband, saying he went to the burial. They said yes, those who went to the burial didn't come back. Maybe something happened, maybe they ran, or maybe they have taken them somewhere. We don't know. Since that day, we didn't see him. Up to now, we've not heard any news. Wakil was a driver, farmer, and livestock trader. He is tall and light-complexioned, with a nine-stroke Kanuri tribal mark. He had small eyes, a hairy chest, and spoke gently. He was popular in Kumshi and known to be kind. He and Yagana are from the same community. She married him about a year after she divorced her first husband. Everybody used to call him Yawakil. He had his own cows. He would buy young cows, feed them for four to six months, and then bring them to the market. He was always busy feeding the cows, giving them water, clearing the place. He was always taking care of them. Life is difficult without him because there is no NGO support. I would be very happy to see him again. I feel happy today talking to me about him because no one has ever talked to me about him as you did. I always think about him, but when I am in the company of my friends or when I am working, it reduces my tension. I even weep alone in the night. This episode of Vestiges of Violence was produced with support from the Open Society Initiative for West Africa. The story was reported and scripted by Kunli Adibadro and edited by Hawasha Finuho. Produced by Atahiro Jibrin. A quick note about our voice acting. All dramatizations in this episode are based on actual interviews conducted with the subjects. Voice acting by Rukaiya Said. The senior producer is Anthony Asamuta. The executive producer is Ahmed Salkida. For more stories, go to humanangumedia.com and find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts. I am Haimida.